I think one thing that always bothered me would be we'd get teams of people coming out sometimes. I might not necessarily to visit my parents because mm. they weren't into this. But we get like teenagers coming out to hop on an orphanage or mm. something like that, you know? And then they they give these tearful testimonies about how they just realized how much we have in the United States and how little they have in these poor countries where they, you know, have to live in tiny houses and and it always just made me mad because I was very in touch with the culture. I just, I lived there, you know, and the problems were, right. weren't material. Like, right. They needed education and they needed health care, but they were in a lot of ways happier than these poor kids in the United States who are just like stuck indoors, shuttled from one after school activity to another. Um, Just like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> just so much more interaction and freedom and community. Welcome to Chasing Leviathan. Uh, today we're going to be talking to Anna Pruden, mother of three beautiful children. But what uh, we're really going to be focusing on is that she was a missionary kid from the United States who grew up the majority of her life in Cambodia. And so what I wanted to ask today, Anna, is how can the combination of cultures inform us about the human experience? So glad to have you on the show. I know that's <laughs> like right out of the gate. It's like you don't have to answer that right away. But if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, you're you married a Canadian. Um, I, I thought of you when uh, people of as people that I wanted to have on because I just think uh, even the stories that you shared when uh, we actually um, yeah went to I went to school with uh, your husband and we were all very close friends, still close friends, but you know, living yeah. a little further apart. So. Um, just tell us a little bit about yourself. And, uh, I, I just remember how much I learned personally, having lived most like lived my entire life in, uh, in the United States. So, uh, really looking forward to today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah. So I was five when I moved to Cambodia and spent most of my formative years there. So I'm definitely what's called a third culture kid. Don't quite fit in the United States. Don't fit in in Cambodia. I don't fit in in Canada at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so here I am. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, PJ asked me about some of the stories I had growing up that would be very different from life growing up in the United States. <laughs> uh, so one of his favorites is... <laughs> The story of one of my neighbors <laughs> ate my dog. <laughs> uh, so they're uh, more of a poor family, and it wasn't something they did mm. intentionally. More of a, a trap situation in in the forest. And a few days after my favorite pet went missing, my one of my best friends said, "Oh, we we ate him the other night." And. <laughs> So that's how I found out that my favorite pet was gone. <laughs> and it's just so different because um, there, there's not much that we could do about it. It was understandable. It was very sad. I cried a lot. Yeah. Um, what was the dog's name? Not to like pry into old so, wounds. So but... the one was Chips. And then and then we also lost a cat in the, the same way. And that was Scrawny. We okay, also I lost didn't know another you also... dog. 
<laughs> in a trap and we got the dog's body and buried it. Yeah. And they were horrified. <laughs> yeah, because they was a waste, right? They came they and didn't... asked, could, could we have it? <laughs> yeah. I know we were talking about this earlier. Um because I, I think a lot of people's immediate reaction is, oh, you should go to the police. And they like, <laughs> even from the little, like, I, you know, I went and visited Cambodia. And that's part of why uh, I think a lot of this makes sense to me. The police would not, they would be really weirded out that you asked that. Yeah. Yeah. If you pay them enough money, they would do anything for you. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, I remember your dad talking about haggling over speeding tickets, right? Yeah, like the, you do that yeah. automatically. Yes. Uh, another funny thing is, um, now I didn't have this experience, but my sister, when she first, she was old enough when she first moved there to be shocked by stuff. She was 11. Yeah. She was playing shopkeeper with her friends and the, all the boys in the neighborhood came around on their bikes and said, we're the cops. And they began extorting money from the shopkeepers because that's what cops do. That's what their main job. <laughs> i'm so i'm already so excited for this episode because i'm already hearing i didn't know you also lost a cat i didn't know it was didn't know about that thing with animals. the animals <laughs> oh oh man yeah uh yeah. something i um i wanted to ask about too and i remember your dad mentioning this and i i'm still it was just one small thing but it just like Again, that, I mean, that was two weeks, but I still remember the two weeks I spent in Cambodia as being so formative for me because, you know, mm -hmm. I just grew up in the United States. And even uh, I lived in Canada for three months mm -hmm. and it was not the same as going to Cambodia because Canada, it's like the difference between, uh, I don't know what the correct terminology is, like a third world or developing country versus a developed country are just really astounding. Um, yeah. But one thing that your dad mentioned uh, and the term for it is called habitus. It's the way that we incorporate values from our culture into the, into our bodies and the way we move our bodies. So it's rude to point in Cambodia. It is. Right. Yep. Do you know what I'm talking? Yes. yes. And I so know, how do I you know. point in Cambodia? <laughs> yeah. Use you point your with your lips. You point with your lips to your mouth, your chin. Um, Adam laughs because I still do yeah. it all the time. He and he's like, "Okay, you're doing it again, Anna." <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was just talking to my daughters today, um, yes. because we were eating our lunch, and yep. Brett said, "Mom, you're eating with your mouth open again." And I said, "Well, in Cambodia, that's fine." <laughs> and then I told him, "Did you know in Cambodia, different things are fine? I could not touch your head. That's very rude to touch a child's head, but." In the United States, that's that's not considered rude at all. You can't step fact, over someone's caring. legs there. Yeah, it's carrying you pat them on the head or something. Yeah. yeah so it's, oh, it's so you can different. step over someone's legs there. You cannot. You, oh no, that's I cannot. still have a hard time if someone is sitting with their legs up and I have to cross that. Is, I have a hard time doing that. It feels like I'm, you know, giving them the finger or something. You know, like it's very rude. really. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what are the cultural reasons for that? Or do. I mean, yeah, if you I don't, don't know, that's know. fine. I, swear. I think it's developed yeah. over over time. Uh, I think one of the things is the bottoms of your feet are considered really dirty and considered really, you don't want to show them if you can get away with it. Um, you sit with them tucked yeah. behind you often. So yes. your feet are kind of considered, you don't want to step over a person with that part of your body. 
but I, well, that's I mean, going that's grocery just... shopping. Right? Yeah, like I went grocery yeah, shopping the mud, there the... and it's so dirty, right? Like mm-hmm. your your feet encounter very like it's very different from going to Whole Foods here, right? Mm-hmm. It's just a night and day mm-hmm. difference. It's fresh. And, <laughs> yeah, yes, it is fresh. No, and that's also different, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting, but um and then even I I remember uh you feeling as comfortable if not more comfortable on the floor. Yeah. Uh when we yeah. would hang out and that um, and this is interesting to find out, but you have to train as a child, you have to train your shin muscles correctly, but you can sit like an Asian person. It's a common thing to do in Asia, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, which is the, I mean, I can't even do it. Like, I, <laughs> but it's the, it's the, it's like, uh, literally you're sitting on your, the backs of your, uh, of your heel, you, right? You you're squat, like sitting you're, there. You're, feet are flat and then yes. you're I, yeah you're just completely folded up <laughs> and i'm I, and i was you know i played college basketball i was not an inactive unathletic guy mm-hmm. and i tried to do it one time because i saw mm-hmm. you doing it and i was like oh that looks comfortable and it was the most excruciating thing <laughs> <laughs> after like seriously after like two minutes i was like how does she do that you just sit there for like an hour and i just like couldn't even i couldn't even it boggled my mind um but again, that's because you don't, uh, the differences in, in chairs and furniture, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. It's just everything's different from the ground up. Uh, it's, yeah. it's a completely different world. Yeah, and, and that's part of what creates that third culture kid thing. Because you come back to the United States and you can't even begin to talk about, I mean, you have those crazy stories, you know. You're right, right. Um, but so much of the, the culture and the people and the, the feelings that you have there even the emotional culture is different you know and you can't be even begin to express that so you feel a little lost or like they people only see one side of you at a time you're you're the outsider over there and you're the Mm -hmm. outsider here yeah yeah now here it's a little more comfortable because people don't realize you're the outsider although it can also be more awkward too because you do something weird and they're not sure why (laughs) well Um, and it's funny because coming from my perspective i mm -hmm. immediately thought of like oh i know that she does things that are cambodian um that uh bother americans but i didn't even think about the fact that that's something that you deal with but also you deal with uh people doing things that are weird for you that are ingrained Mm -hmm. bad behavior Mm -hmm. for you and you have to constantly just like no it's okay no we're in america like stepping like people stepping over your legs or you know Mm -hmm. and you're just like it's okay. Like, and if you actually like made a face, people would be like, what's her problem? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They, so yeah, I'm they sorry. Kinda... I'm just like, just realizing <laughs> things, even as I'm talking to you. <laughs> it can get pretty overwhelming sometimes, you know? And sometimes mm. when you expect you've gotten over it and something comes back and you realize, or you wonder, was that a culture, cultural interaction that I missed something in? Right. There are people who are bad at culture who've lived in America their entire life. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I, and I like to think that it, it has so, made me a more you, rich person, you know? <laughs> it's made me a more broad yeah, person. No, absolutely. But I, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just like, I mean, there it's difficult navigating social Americans. cues. Yes, too. Yes, that's my that's my point. My point is, no, yeah, my, I, 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 I phrase that poorly. Um, 
it's yeah, some people are bad at reading social cues and they've lived here <laughs> their entire mm-hmm. lives and then you have this added noise and it's really interesting um and i i think it's what i appreciated about uh and i've always appreciated about our friendship is the way that you have uh been able to give me insight into um cuz you're able to see both sides and talk to uh you've always been able to talk to me yeah. about both sides whereas when i'm uh, you know, if I meet someone from another country, I'm like, well, they're just from another country. And it's just like, well, I just won't have to really deal with them that much. And mm-hmm. it's like to to really see somebody and understand where they're coming from. is just really mm-hmm. um, it's really fascinating. Uh, I so one one thing that came up and this is really fascinating to me is uh, I remember riding with uh, your dad to go out to a, a village. Mm-hmm. Um, and I yeah, you weren't on that trip. But uh, it was basically like the kind of stuff that up until that point, I'd only seen on the Discovery Channel, right? <laughs> it was like three to four hours on a footpath. We're on a RAV4. We're hitting the sides of the trees on the side of the path. And it's just dirt and grass. And it was literally like that going through the jungle. And we got there and they were watching TV running off a moped battery. <laughs> And that just like blew my, he's like, oh yeah, they all have it. They love TV and you know, the different, the, the way that they handle all the different types of media and how, how is media different between a developing country and a developed country? So, I mean, I think, I feel like the moped battery part of it is actually the least interesting part. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. The way that they access it is probably the least interesting. Now I'm just going to say ahead of time that, um, nowadays in Cambodia, it's probably completely different, yeah. but so we moved there yeah. when it was like electricity, maybe half the year, not a single paved yeah. road. We were the only right. white family in our entire province. Um, you know, so actually, if you don't mind hmm. giving just a little bit of background for people who aren't familiar with Cambodia, okay? because yeah. you guys were literally, I, if I, if I'm correct, you were the first Western family to move to Cambodia after. Correct? Not to Cambodia, um, but to our province, yes. So okay. Cambodia is a fairly small country, about the size of Missouri, in between Vietnam, Thailand. And they had a um, brief communist regime in the 70s, um, yeah. only about four years, but it killed a large percentage of their population ended up dying during that time. Um, and after that, just uh, if you don't mind, just interjecting, yeah. I because I, I, I think when you say that, I think a lot of people are like, oh, it must have killed like five percent or something like that. And it was like, oh, I mean, estimates run as high no. as like 50 percent. Um, yeah, like, I mean, that might be a little high, but go ahead. I'm trying to think how many it was like up to one third of the population, like a- everyone okay. yeah, you to, speak to of a certain age there knows. Yes. They've had people who have died. And it was also not yeah. just, it was starvation. It was also a lot of violent killing. Yes. So they yeah. were trying to purge all ed- all Western education, religion. Um, so if you were religious, if you wore glasses, if you were of Chinese descent, you would just be systematically killed. Um, so, yeah, it was a really traumatic time for the entire country. Um, and so after that, so when was, we talk about you, mo- that's when you moved in. And so when well, we talk we about them not having electricity, which was okay. the first year after the UN 
kind of backed off and let Cambodia take over their own government and they opened the doors to to normal NGO workers. Um, Got it. So that was 94. Yeah. When we moved there. And we moved almost immediately up to the middle of nowhere, like really the middle of nowhere. And we would we would attract crowds of people. My little sister was regularly kidnapped, not in a bad way, Um, (laughs) (laughs) but she would just disappear and we'd find her in some room somewhere with a bunch of people standing around staring at her because she had blonde curls and blue eyes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and this is where you're talking um, about it so it's changed quite a bit because when you changed. Uh, when you first moved now, there yeah the, obviously electricity is much more common oh they have they have faster internet than i have here they have um <laughs> what is it it's like fiber optic cables and yeah, stuff like really? it's insane yeah there's like a, a skyscraper like 12 story skyscraper whatever that would be i guess it's not a skyscraper. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah in in that little town that we moved to that had no paved roads. Um, Was that so uh, basically anything we have here, they have there. That's Bunlum. Yes. Yeah. Great memory. Yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. So that's, my that's changed a ton since it. I was there. Yeah. It has. It has. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was it's, 10 it's years ago. It's just weird uh, to 15 observe. 15 years ago. Mm-hmm, that, yeah. Yeah. Probably like 13. Um, it's weird to observe that amount of development going on in such a short amount of time. So we're talking, yeah. you know, less than 30 years. And, yeah. and we got to observe that firsthand, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's a very um, complicated question. <laughs> yeah. One thing yeah. that is different as like, talk about going back to like cultural, like ethics or what, I don't know what would be morals. Maybe they will let sure. kids watch like anything. They're not like, oh, this is not appropriate for children. So from pretty early on, my parents just told us, okay, you're not allowed to watch TV at people's houses because like we could watch absolutely anything and there would, (laughs) it wouldn't occur to them that children should not be watching this. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think that has changed now or is that still pretty much like that? I think maybe because of awareness, then maybe some has changed. I mean, I'd have to ask my parents, honestly. Yeah. They're still there. They're still dealing with stuff every day and, you know, navigating issues like that, which maybe they didn't expect they'd have to. I mean, the Internet hadn't really been created yet, you know, when they moved there. So, of course, they didn't expect stuff like this. (laughs) Right. Right. Oh, man. Um, uh, What... What is it, what was it like, uh, both for yourself as, um, you know, you had come from the United States and your mm-hmm. family is American and then, uh, what were Cambodians responses to, uh, Hollywood? Because there's a lot of things that Americans kind of take for granted that just show up in Hollywood movies. And it, it's kind of interesting to me how, like, you know, like Spider-Man all of a sudden Spider-Man is just, he, he is, he's kind of come into his own i think this is the toby mcguire one and then he goes up on the like i think it's uh one of the skyscrapers that's famous in new york and they just have a huge american flag behind him right you know what i mean and it's just like yes. i it, even as an american i use that as an example even as an american i was like wow that's 
That's a very... sudden. That's a sudden <laughs> just surge of patriotism that didn't have anything <laughs> to do with his character right arc. But okay, yes. yeah. Like, <laughs> so I don't um, know if I can answer that. Some part of it is the people I grew up with were very uneducated, hmm. so I don't even think they would have much of a concept of patriotism. Or I mean, they probably yeah. watched a lot of those movies, but maybe not even in yes. a language they understood. Um, that, wait, wait, wait. So let's go back to that because that's interesting. They would watch the movies. Sometimes they'd watch things in other languages just because there's not much under- access. They, I, they, so they just Lord of the Rings from me. <laughs> they watched that in English. And they didn't understand what was being said. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's so They're long. Like, so explain to us who is the tall white woman? <laughs> is she an angel? <laughs> Oh man, it's so man the way like you know we we harp on uh, context and the subtleties of interpretation, right? That's like my background. And then just <laughs> just watching <laughs> Lord of the Rings, I'm so confused. I can't even. Oh, that is so funny. Oh man, uh, so as you were uh, as you you know you kind of grew up there, and as you kind of yeah. went through your uh, teen years there. Um, what do what do people in developed countries take for granted? That um, you know, I mean, never mind the whole Pol Pot regime thing. Obviously, losing a third mm-hmm. of the country to mm-hmm. either starvation or violent killing is is one thing, and I'm happy to go yes. there. Um, but I, I'm also just interested. I know you worked as an interpreter uh, for did, the hospital. Yeah. Yeah, that was definitely an experience. I'm I'm glad I did that. It's definitely an experience, though. <laughs> if you don't feel comfortable talking about it, that's okay. Do not feel oh, any I pressure. Do. I, I like... feel I feel comfortable talking about just about everything I've seen and experienced in Cambodia. Um. Yeah. So, I think people there are just a lot closer to trauma. Um, I'm not talking about mm. just like emotional, the emotional baggage that all of us have and there's a lot of abuse in the United States. There's a lot of that's something I want to talk about later, actually. Um the the lack yeah. of differences between the cultures. Um but yes, like, I would love to do that. Thing, yeah. People there are much more in touch with death. You see dead bodies yeah. a lot. You see people die. I mean and so that is one way that um childhood is very different there. They don't try to shield their children. They can't shield their children from death as much. Yeah. Things are a lot more yeah. out in the open. Um, and life is a lot more matter of fact. Um, it, life and death, you know. Um, yes. I, even, even the two yeah. in the two weeks I was there, I almost saw someone die uh, on the road. Mm. Uh, someone was on a moped mm. and they skidded out in front of they yes. have those oh, giant dear. trucks. And uh, I mean, the, it was within five feet, like one of the tires yeah. was within five feet of his head. And I was like, um, yeah. I can't even imagine, like, I, I know that if I uh, lived there for years, like, I would see stuff like that, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you, you don't have the same level of, of safety. The road rules are different. And that's just and one aspect illness, of life, right? And there's, yeah, there's illness. Yeah. Um, and since around the time you visited, there's been a lot more drug use. There's a lot more overdoses and stuff like that. Just awful. Oh, really? Um, But thankfully, sickness has gone down, though. So there's not as many people dying from illnesses. Healthcare has gotten so much better. Um, but there used to be epidemics, you know, whooping cough, cholera, 
Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I did see a lot of, uh, there's some pretty visceral experiences, you know, in the hospital. Actually, the first time that I was translating as someone died was the day you guys arrived in Van Lung. So I remember I did coming not know that was you, the, okay. I was supposed to socialize with you guys. And I was absolutely exa- emotionally exhausted because through this experience, yeah. this man is dying in front of me. I'm having to listen in English and translate in Khmer and listen in Khmer, translate back to English. And it was, it was quite um, exhausting. Um, I think another thing that was really, I don't know if it was formative for me. It was, it was an experience. How old that were you at that point? I was, I think 17. I think I was 17. Yeah. So yeah, a few years before that, an- another thing that I thought of a lot in regards to the openness Cambodians have in their neighborhoods um, is my, a friend of mine's dad had a mental breakdown, mm. complete mental breakdown. Like um, he was an awful man. He was very abusive. He was an alcoholic. Their whole family just suffered. And I don't know if it was too much for him or what, or if he he probably had mental illness his entire life, but it's not diagnosed or anything, you know? Right. And I just heard screaming a few doors down. And they just live, they live outdoors mostly and sleep inside these little shelters and stuff, you know? So I, so we all went because that's what you do when you hear someone screaming. And he was literally just lying on the ground and screaming. And when he saw me, he started screaming, Jesus, Jesus person, pray for me, help me. And I was like, oh, this is demon possession. Like, Mm. so I think maybe I need to talk with my parents. But it actually was just a complete mental breakdown, paranoia. And maybe, I don't know. But my parents I mean, and that's where... I mean, it could be alcohol. It could be, yeah. I mean, if he's, if he abuses I mean, one trauma, substance, it could be another. I'm, I am guessing he yeah. was abused. He was just awful. He was not a good man. So I'm guessing he probably grew up in that sort of situation. And he yeah. grew up to be a fairly terrible person. And honestly, it was a relief when this happened because my parents were able to get, I don't know if it was a diagnosis or they, they helped him go to the Capitol and get medis- medication. He ended up being able to take medication to help control this. But then he kind of turned into mm. more of a zombie and he couldn't work or anything. He just yeah. walked up and down the street all day long. But just the fact that something like that could happen, <laughs> the whole neighborhood knew about yeah. it. I was right there within three minutes. Um, yeah. And this is his own children and everyone else just standing around watching. And it's a completely different dynamic than you have here in yes. neighborhoods. And things are just a lot more closed and hidden away. And it's a yes. bad thing and a good thing. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could definitely obviously see, right? Like um, you think everything's fine in a marriage and you find out terrible things have been yeah. going on or, yeah. uh, or you also like um, adding more people can help sometimes and adding more people mm-hmm. can hurt sometimes. So yeah, shielding yeah. Uh, someone who's going through a tough time from outside prying eyes and allowing them to get help from someone who actually can. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's really, yeah, that's, that's really I mean, interesting. That's a, question, so, a big question for me now, now, like going back and thinking of situations I was in coming here in the United States where like privacy is, is everywhere. Um, yeah. And trying to like, there is some happy medium. I miss things there. And I'm also so relieved that I don't have random people coming to my house 
anytime they want, you know? <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I could. Yes, I could see that. Um, I'm feeling that particularly we've had a lot of people staying at our house and uh, my four year old um, is a work in progress. And uh, <laughs> so his newest thing is he uh, he likes to pee outside. And so uh, that has led to some encounters that uh, are embarrassing for me as a parent. And I just have to be like, OK, I have to teach and to parent and to love him through this. That's you, there are people right here. They do not want to see you do this. Like, and um, <laughs> you could move to Cambodia, but we have a fence, and then right? you'd be so, fine. <laughs> yes, yeah, right, right. I literally remember I had a lady say, "You really could." Like, I was like, "Is there, is there a bathroom near here?" And she's like, "Oh, you're a man. You could just go right over there." That's <laughs> right. what she said to me, right? And let's like, and uh, but it's so interesting. We're talking about privacy because that's something I have to explain to visitors at my house. Mm. But I already have a relationship with them. But we have a yeah. fence around our backyard, right? Like I don't have to. Yeah, yeah I, I don't have to explain it to my whole neighborhood. Um, yeah, it's so. Uh, yeah, that's so fascinating. But you brought up, and I think this is just a, a great place to go. What do you see are some of the similarities? What have been some of the universally human things? Uh, or at um, least, I mean, you know, it can be different. It can be a problematic to to generalize too much, but I think. Yeah. Surely there has to be some things that are universal there. Well, I think one thing that always bothered me would be we'd get teams of people coming out sometimes. Like my, not necessarily to visit my parents because mm. they weren't into this. But we get like teenagers coming out to hop on an orphanage or mm. something like that, you know. And then they they give these tearful testimonies about how they just realized how much we have in the United States and how little they have in these poor countries where they, you know, have to live in tiny houses and and it always just made me mad because I was very in touch with the culture. I just, I lived there, you know, and the problems were, right. weren't material. Like, right. They needed education and they needed health care, but they were in a lot of ways happier than these poor kids in the United States who are just like stuck indoors, shuttled from one after school activity to another. Um, Just like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> just so much more interaction and freedom and community. And so the similarities mm. are, the the things that these people suffer from are things like abuse, you know, it's things like alcoholism, yeah. it's things like um, addiction issues. And that's what yeah. people in the United States are suffering from right now. You know, yeah. so that's a big similarity to me. Um, yeah, a lot of the true help that, that people need there is going to come in the form of true help that people need here. And that is breaking yeah. these, you know, cycles of abuse. And yeah, it, it's, it's things like that. Uh, generational, generational uh, triumphs and generational sin both uh, exist in both places and are yeah. often the real stories that are happening in both places. Yeah, because honestly, like a bigger house wouldn't change too much for them. And uh, education, yeah. like I said, education is helpful. And healthcare has been huge, but that's not usually what these people were talking about. It was usually like right. material goods, and I—that's very American. Yes, <laughs> the flat, yeah, like oh and my goodness, what? I Cambodia have a flat panel TV, now, and they're not happier. <laughs> yes, yeah. So this is really interesting. Um, oh, I, I had this question. So. 
Uh, and you've already touched on it a little bit. And I was like, oh, I definitely wanted to ask about this. What um, are the things in America that uh, lead, lead to our unhappiness that we would actually be happier if we had more like Cambodia? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think one of them is privacy, isolation. Mm. Um, yeah, as much as I enjoy it sometimes. Uh, moving to a new neighborhood was eye-opening. Uh, when we moved, so we actually moved very close to Becky and PJ <laughs> around, uh, I don't know, 2012 or something. And Becky yeah. and I decided to go to our neighbor's door-to-door with cookies, and no one answered the door. This was in an apartment complex, yeah. so maybe that's why. But yeah. we were just weirded out. And I remember feeling well, and I so didn't, I, I think it's fair to say, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I, I don't. I just remember yeah. feeling great. I struggled so much with moving to a a, pop, a densely populated area and being very isolated. And I I still think that to this day. I mean, I I've gotten into the. I am so much more American now. I enjoy uh, Midwestern culture, Northern Midwestern culture, which is a little colder, and yep, yep. Uh, maybe yeah, maybe some more walls put up. Colder and stuff, in a lot of ways. I really enjoy it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I'm getting it now, well, it, you know, it, but I, it's, yeah. it's still, it's, well, hmm. yes. Well, we were, so we, I, I think this is fair to share. Like, I just didn't want to introduce you this way because, <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, we were broke grad students. And we actually shared an apartment as two yes. married couples. <laughs> yes. So that's it. Those are the so days. I appreciate you walking around that. Yes. I, I like, there's a lot of ways you could say that that sound like, no, we were just sharing the apartment and we took turns with like <laughs> cooking duty. And yes. Well, you know, what's hilarious is, um, uh, I like at how, how much of this was a, a cultural thing when, uh, I did a lot of the cooking and mm-hmm. you did, uh, you, I, I did about half the cooking. You did about half the cooking. Yeah. And, and whenever you cooked, uh, sometimes the portions would be a little small. Mm-hmm. And whenever I cooked, we always had like leftovers for like three days. Yep. Cause I always made way too much, which well, some of that I is that you're a little smaller than me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> I remember, I remember one meal. <laughs> I got a piece of chicken about this big. <laughs> I got like one piece of chicken and I was just like stunned. I was like, what is that what even? Is this? And it didn't like, and it was delicious. Like, um, I actually make uh, curry probably once a week now, and I know that <laughs> that journey started like living with you guys. But um, it was so funny. And then uh, I just remember sometimes I'd like, uh, you would always have your bowl, and then I would eat like two or three bowls of whatever I made, and then you would take whatever <laughs> you would always take it for lunch for work uh, to work the next day. Yes, because I always I always made so much more. Um, <laughs> Has there been a rise, and maybe you don't know the answer to this, has there been a rise in uh, obesity in Cambodia? Yes, there has been, actually. So when we moved there, it <laughs> I, was like considered beautiful and wealthy yeah. to have some more weight. It would be the opposite of a compliment. If someone told you you're looking skinny, it would be like, you're looking bad. <laughs> and if yeah. they told you you were yeah, looking yeah, yeah. fat, it was like a great thing. Um, and that has changed now. I see a lot of my Cambodian friends now sharing advertisements for um, weight loss, you know, medications and stuff. So it's definitely changed. Yeah. Part of it is just a lack of teaching oh. about nutrition and stuff. 
So there was a time when yeah. it when it tipped, you know, and people were just eating as much as they could and a lot of diabetes and stuff like that, you know, um, was starting to happen. Yeah. And that's when awareness started like slowly catching up to to uh, lifestyle, I yeah. guess. So. Yeah, you'd think, uh, you'd think the awareness would have kicked in in America by now, but... Um, <laughs> yes, it doesn't really work that way. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, well, I mean, and it has actually in a lot of ways, like definitely the way we think about food has changed, but it well, seems like the what? habits are What's ingrained. interesting, uh, body image in Cambodia in some ways is a lot better. And I think part of it yeah. is that like people do talk about, they say, you're skinny, you're fat, you're ugly, <laughs> you're, and in a way that's actually better. I don't, I know. Yeah. I, but like growing up, none of my teen friends had any eating disorders. None of them. Zero. Yeah. Um, huh. And they had image problems, self-image problems, because people are just like super honest. Like when I was young, I was not a good looking kid. And I was often told I was the ugliest one in my family. Uh, <laughs> it would make my dad so angry. And I, I was fine with it because it was true. It's like, dad, look, just look at us. <laughs> um, and I don't know. Like, that is completely an unprofessional. This is just my observation. Yes. But, yeah, yeah. Like, it's almost like body image is better because people do just say stuff. Yeah. It's not it's not that you're not yeah. hurt by it because some people are really hurt by what's said. People are very yeah. you can say anything. You can say absolutely anything you want there. <laughs> you can ask any question you want. What kind of birth control do you use? Uh <laughs> why aren't you dyeing your hair? Because you look old. Like you can just say anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> what are the um so what are the so i I've, some of the advantages are pretty interesting what are some of the disadvantages of that obviously people get hurt they do get um, hurt. do you see anything besides that uh that kind of brutal honesty I'm trying to think what the disadvantages that you know i i don't know i hmm. i know that i am sometimes relieved to be here um because of stuff like that i'm I'm not gonna hear a comment like that but at the same time i wonder there's here, a sense okay, of stability and security this, though <laughs> people might be yeah, thinking this yeah. and just not saying it <laughs> now now the the opposite is true so in cambodia because i was white people were very flattering mm -hmm. towards me when they didn't know me you know um people yeah. were, were flattering in a way so it was really hard to make true friendships you i i to this day have no idea well i have a few there's a few friends that I know who are friends because we're true friends, but a lot of people, this is not a morally bad thing for them at all. They were literally friends with me so that they could get ahead in life. And that's just yeah. what you're supposed to do. I mean, that's networking. We do that here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that does make it. Well, it's interesting. Cause to this day I have trust issues. Cause I'm like, this is PJ mm. actually my friend because he's my friend or is he just networking? <laughs> I, I'm just the only reason uh, like the reason I had Adam in uh, in uh, our wedding. The reason Becky Sue had you in our wedding was, was all for this interview. I was just yes, it was all planning. It was all planning to have you in this interview. That's uh, a <laughs> that's a uh, it's been, it I've been scheming it, all along. I, I, you know, I would probably say yes, except I know Becky Sue is still scarred. <laughs> 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 I don't need to talk. 
<laughs> but that's okay. So this is a good example. And I, I apologize to our audience, but this, I think this is a good example of maybe, uh, some third, um, third culture kid stuff. You videoed and photoed the entirety of Finn's birth, our first kid, first kid's birth. And I, I would never, I was, I was done that you did that i didn't mind like it's like <laughs> like we can just delete the pictures it's not a big deal right um i think we i don't think you told us you did though so i was going through my camera roll and i found it accidentally <laughs> oh that's great so that was exciting i don't even um, remember but if you, he asked me to or if i just decided to but yeah oh I you saw just births. decided to i was <laughs> interested in in midwifery and stuff so like i got to yeah. see quite a few birds by the time i was 17 quite a few <laughs> Yeah. No, okay. So was that an Anna thing to to video that, or is that a Cambodian thing? I don't. I don't think it was. I think it was probably an Anna thing. But like a Cambodian woman would not have minded. But like in Cambodia, actually, the men don't go yeah. into the. There are some more barriers there. Men don't go into the room when a woman gives birth. Also, women's rights in the hospital are like gone. Like those doctors are just like, oh, shut up! Like I'm gonna do what what needs to be done. So. That's one oh, wow. thing that women in Cambodia need more empowerment there. They need to be able to have yeah. more rights. Um, and women yeah. in the United States actually are a little behind on that, too. I get angry here yeah. <laughs> because you yeah. can yeah, yeah, push yeah, yeah, for yeah. your rights here. And a lot of women don't seem to realize that. Whereas in Europe, um, they seem to be a little more in touch with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, that goes to the whole maternity leave, paternity leave thing. Yeah, like the U.S. True. has been la right lagging behind well, that. In Cambodia actually years. has, if you have a paid job. Most most women don't. But if you have a paid job, right. you do get maternity leave there. You get 12 weeks paid <laughs> maternity leave. And this is like, it's not a third world country. It's not a developing country. It's it's moved, developed beyond that. But it's not. Yeah. <laughs> but it's more oh civilized my gosh, than the United so, States in that area. <laughs> that's so, yeah, I was going to say, that's so embarrassing that they get more maternity leave in Cambodia. And <laughs> I mean, not because it's Cambodia, but because they just, like, it got electricity like 30, 40 years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and, they're like, and they're like, yeah, of course they get maternity leave. Why won't you do that? It's like, oh, this is. <clears throat> yeah, anyways, no. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> um, so if you could, you know, uh, Man, and I remember talking uh, about to you about music. How mm. has your understanding of art uh, as it uh, changes in context? Um, mm. Just, uh, you know, I mean, I, I met because they, they use a different scale for their music. And I remember yeah, you talking yeah. to me about how, like, it just sounds so different. And yet people weep when they hear it. Um but you know, music, art, um, uh, you know, drawing art, uh, painting art, mm. sculpture, all those sorts of things, architecture. Uh, what have you noticed uh, are the differences between the two cultures, and how they approach it, um, and the way that context really changes those sorts of things? Hmm. Okay, so that's also interesting. Part of it is because Cambodia kind of has a clean slate because of everything wiped out. Artists were another mm. group of people that were systematically killed. Um, mm. but also, I mean, there are some differences kind of like the whole Western storyline, like Freitag's pyramid and all of that versus the more cyclical, um, Eastern way of telling stories and stuff. So I do know that that is something that's evident immediately to me and something that I really connect with 
Um, even though I grew up reading all the classics, I just read anything I could get my hands on. So I definitely have that Western, you know, you have this point of rising action and, uh, <laughs> and yeah. 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 I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Right. There's like my uh, psyche, but I also, when I find yeah. someone who's much more cyclical and re repetitive and it, it makes so much sense to me. And I do think that's probably from growing up there. Um, and hmm. their music is definitely very different or was there. They, you know what? Hip hop came on the scene and they immediately loved it. So they kind of skipped over like rock completely. They have their, their traditional music hmm. and then hip hop came yeah. and they just are all over that. And they have their own rappers and their own. Um, yeah. They make a lot of their own music and, and art now, you know, yeah. uh, right. But their traditional music is, it probably sound a little Native American to us, you know, <laughs> hmm. in yeah. some ways. Yeah. I remember you talking about like um, a funeral music in, in particular. Uh, so yeah. that's, that's really it's, interesting. And it, so that, one, that stayed through. Go ahead. One um, connect, connecting point with the lack of privacy. So when you have a mm -hmm. wedding or a, or a funeral, you play specific types of music. And you put up loudspeakers yeah. and blare it as loud as you can, like deafeningly loud. You can hear it all through the town, you know? Um, and you can tell mm. by the music if someone's died or someone's gotten married by the sound right. of it. Now, if you aren't used to the music, you actually probably can't tell the difference. Um, they sound very similar to an untrained ear. To uh, Western but, ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To untrained yeah. ears. Yeah. But they are very different. And that's actually kind of like calling you in to join in with whatever's happening. Funeral, wedding. Right. You're Again, not actually of, yeah. invited. You're not, maybe not be, you won't be invited, but you know, yeah. like you're part of it, kind of, you know? Uh, do you see, and I, I think, I mean, this is kind of a cl uh, cliche question, but they tend to be, obviously we're talking about privacy and stuff like that. Uh, what are some of the ramifications of them being more communal like that? Uh, do they have more of a corporate identity? They see themselves more oh, as oh, yes. part of a unit than as a person? Yes, yeah. definitely more corporate identity. Um, definitely more working together than you get here in the United States. Um, I mean, I'm so bad at, I, I can be bad at hmm. um, encapsulating, I guess. So much of what I think of is in stories. And I can think of so many stories of yeah. when people just something happened and people pitched in. I, I remember when I was 16, I might've been 17. Mm -hmm. um, a good friend of mine died suddenly after childbirth. So she had a newborn baby girl and her whole family was good friends of ours. They lived right across the street. And so my mom took the baby for a few nights because the whole family was scrambling around trying to figure out what to do. Um, it yeah. was, it was just a shocking situation. You know, I looked out my window and saw the sister coming home from the hospital and just jumped off of her motorcycle and just burst into tears and fell to the ground and was just sobbing. And that's when everyone knew, okay, mm. she died. Um, yeah. and I went over there and the whole neighborhood was gathered around the mother of the girl who died. And she was a good friend of mine. She actually really liked me. Um, and they were sitting around and they're keeping her from hurting herself while also being completely silent. 
and she systematically broke every piece of glassware she owned. She brought it all out of her house and just threw it against a tree one piece at a time. And the whole time she was just saying, like, I'm just through with this. Like, Buddha doesn't care for me. Um, the spirits don't care for me. My ancestors don't care for me. And she was like, I'm, I am going to go after that Jesus guy. Maybe he will care for me. And it's like, I'm like, hmm. well, if I was a good Christian, I should probably speak up now and say, you know, yes, he will. But I just took my cues from the neighborhood because what people did was just sit around and let her right. do this and and keep her because she was trying to hurt herself at times. You know, she just yeah. lost her daughter. Um, right. And I just sat next to her and watched and was there with her, you know. And I think that was for me a yeah. huge experience and just and i you know i don't even know if all cambodian cultures like that but in our yeah. neighborhood at least this was something that they did and i yeah. remember thinking i wonder if this happens in the united states like what happens if your daughter dies do you have people come and do they sit with you do they give you advice do that you know i don't know if you're but, lucky yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, right. but seriously, you know, I mean, you have like that one friend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying Cambodians don't give advice because they give more advice than American. Like, yes. But in this situation, yeah, well, we, already, yeah, we like, did cover that, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. In this situation, though, when it was like anguish, they were just like really yeah. quiet. Right. And it, yeah. So that is a good mm. implication, I guess. Of, that's a good community yeah orientation that they all had yeah yeah um it, it is interesting because like you know you talked about that uh moral side of it and there are definitely people in america who have that like neighbor sensibility mm -hmm. but also there i mean very clearly you have americans and i've talked to them and i um that just like it's not my problem Mm. you know what i mean like mm. literally just drive by something and they're just like no i that's that's something they need to deal with and it's, it's a very different obviously very different culture yeah yeah did you i read a study recently i read a bbc article about a study so you know um yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. Talking about, thank you for that most <laughs> people just be like the statistics show yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> uh it was talking about um what, what's it called like becoming self-aware mindfulness talking about mindfulness i was laughing this whole article because i know uh westerners like this so it was saying mindfulness if you come from an individualistic culture makes you much more selfish mindfulness if you come from a communal culture makes you much less selfish so they would take people from a individualistic culture have them do mindfulness exercises and afterwards they would offer them these volunteering opportunities and they would turn them down and then they would take well i think it was at the same time but they knew who in this crowd was from a right, communal right. culture versus individualistic and the people yeah. from the communal culture after the mindfulness exercises would would accept yeah. these volunteer opportunities just so interesting to me yeah yeah. Oh, that's so, I mean, 
<laughs> yeah, I don't feel the need to. I don't want to start throwing shade, but when you said you know Westerners like that, I think. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was like, I was like, hmm. like yeah, you are hmm. mindful. Yeah. You are very no, mindful. No, that's really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what enneagram type are you? Oh, <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Oh, I shouldn't have man. said that. <laughs> oh gosh. I know. <laughs> oh, like I mean, I just uh, my my. Uh, Becky Sue loves to talk to um, people, you know, she has a bunch of uh, girlfriends she talks to about that kind of stuff. And they mm -hmm. and then she'll like after she I can tell when she's talked to her girlfriends about it, because then she'll talk to me about it. And um, I know it's a surprise, but I get sarcastic and I just like uh, <laughs> poor Becky. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, she she is. um <laughs> now she she would be a good example like if they were watching lord of the rings like yes she is an angel that's what you could say about <laughs> becky sue right yes. um yes. but uh oh man uh Anna, this has been awesome if we could wrap this up with what do you think are the most uh important takeaways that you have found um the most un uh from your unique perspective what are things that people don't really understand, uh, not just from uh, U.S. to Cambodia, but, you know, Cambodia to U.S., more like what do humans not understand about yeah. uh, that difference in culture? I, I'm trying to think how to answer that question. Yeah, not a hard I, I question think... at all. Not a big question at all. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I think a really important thing is to remember that people are humans like they're they're real people people with real hmm. lives um i was talking to adam yesterday and i was like oh the fusion of horizons and he's like godamer and i was like oh no i actually don't know anything about godamer but <laughs> <laughs> that is very in a very important that is such an important practice to to try hmm. to um you can't see out of their eyes you can't come without your own presuppositions but you can you can be with people and get to know them. And over time, the way you see the world starts kind of to, to fuse a little and you start to understand yeah. them and it, it makes it a lot easier. You can easier. share the same landscape. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes it a lot easier yeah. not to be up in arms and like alarmed and maybe scared or upset. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've had so much fun the last few years. I don't have fun sort. I've really enjoyed, I, I met a Moroccan woman at the park and her daughter is around my oldest daughter's age and we just have kept we've been friends then for the last three or four years and it's just been wonderful it's taken it's a it's a slow moving kind of you know you just spend time with each other and now years in they yeah. even invited us to break the fast of ramadan with them and that was just it's a good experience and it's rich you know yeah. Um, and I think that yeah. is one of the gifts of, of having cross culture, cultural interaction is you can start to be able to do that mm -hmm. better. You get a little more, it's, it's not so scary to you or it happens more naturally. And it's such a gift to humans. Humankind needs this, you know, especially nowadays. Yes. We need to be able As to we're globalizing. Yeah. 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 So I think, does that answer your question? <laughs> 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 better than i could have answered it so i'm glad i'm glad i had you here um really appreciate it anna thank you for coming on yeah thanks for having me <laughs> <laughs>